Everyone, welcome back to yet again another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and I can't believe that we're we're here. Um, I mean, literally, I can't believe that we're here. I mean, like, I'm in Texas, Eric's in Texas, and David's in Ohio, and somehow we're here. We're doing this. We're together, but we're not together. Technology is a very fickle thing. I just hope David doesn't like explode in a minefield or something like that and we have to go rescue him or vice versa because that would be kind of awkward um but anyways enough enough of that said um i have i have my buds back i have uh lieutenant commander eric and of course lieutenant commander david uh joining us in for the festivities of the season finale of lower deck season two so how are you gents doing Even better than the last time we talked, which was yeah, man. yesterday. <laughs> was it? Oh, my. <laughs> Don't let them behind the scenes. <laughs> Don't let them know the magic that, w- that we have going on. The ma- magic to make the sanest ma- man go. Magic of which day? Uh, <laughs> yeah. The magic of days of the week. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Yeah, it, I mean, we're, we're, uh, we're recording uh, pretty quick back to back. Um, I mean, you just, for those of you that are tuning in, hopefully you've already listened to our anniversary episode, which um, dropped uh, just a couple days ago. Um, but for us, we recorded it like recently. So it's it's weird. We don't deal with like temporal causality loops or temporal mechanics in this show. We just talk about it and hope it makes sense from time to time. Um, so yeah. Anyways, um, I know... David went to um, eat some boiled hot dogs, maybe at a at a crew game, and Eric went to um, some <laughs> kind of like Shakespeare poetry slam thing. So they're they're cultured, they're they're actually doing things, having fun outside of this, and uh, I want to hear about it so I can vicariously live through them. Yeah, when you don't have like familial commitments, mm. it's it's easy to go out to things. Um, so yeah, my headmaster at our school, he invited us over to his house, everyone, uh, to a shakes party, a Shakespeare party, where we just got together and we, he, his wife made food and then we read a Shakespeare play out loud in its entirety. We did the Comedy of Errors, which is not my favorite play, um, but it, you know, it was a comedy and the way people added their voices to the reading of it was the most fun part. And I enjoyed absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So did he actually make the food or did he like replicate it or something? And by replicate, I mean like he went to the store, bought some Lunchables and gave it to you on like a fancy no, his, tray. His, his wife made chili. And here's the thing. I was like, a Texan just made chili with beans in it? What's going oh. on here? Because oh. because Texans don't put oh. beans in their chili. No. At which point it's not it's not chili, it's just meat pasta sauce if it doesn't have beans in it. Oh. Oh. That's Dude, a you gotta have humanity. You, got, you have to have at least three different kinds of beans in order to be a chili. Well, well All right, chili on. has to have beans in it. If it doesn't have beans, it's just meat pasta sauce. I mean they're literally chili beans. I'm just going to drink my, my cup of tea, Earl Grey, hot, and I'm going to pretend I didn't hear this crime against humanity. Goodness. You poor, poor man. I mean, it's not chili without beans, Chase. Look, okay, so here's the thing. I've, I've eaten chili with beans in it, okay, mainly when I was in the north, and I think the, the one that just... 
that just grosses me out. Like I just I can't stand having it in chili for whatever reason. Kidney beans. Get that stuff up out my chili. I don't want the kidney beans in my chili. No. Ugh. Is it too, mean, is it too big put- for you? Hey. Mm, size matter not. <laughs> hey, I, I've made chili with like black beans, pinto beans, and yeah. kidney beans. Like, throw all in there. Throw some great northerns in there. Oh. oh. Well, that's the show, everyone. I hope you enjoyed our recap of, um, of the season finale. <laughs> So Man. sensitive. We didn't know we had. We didn't know we were gonna have a chili battle discussion. Thank you for triggering me. I appreciate it. <laughs> Good grief. No, no. I just. I don't like. Okay. So I guess here's the thing. I would be more okay with chili having beans in it than I would bits of corn. Get the corn about my chili. I don't want corn and chili. I don't want corn on my plate. I don't want corn on the cob. I don't want corn in the can. I just don't want corn. So keep corn up out my plate and we'll be okay. And I can I can live with, with chili. With with beans. You, you Yeah. You lived in what what is colloquially called the Midwest, even though it's not really the Midwest. What are you talking about? No corn? What's wrong Look, with I lived corn? In, I hate corn. I hate corn. Too. I lived I lived in Michigan, not Iowa. What are you I lived talking? in Michigan, not Iowa. No, and, and yeah. that that would probably be the Midwest. We're not we're just not really Midwest, but they call Ohio they call pretty much everything like Ohio and West the Midwest. Every, <laughs> everything that touches the Great Lakes is the Midwest, <laughs> except for New York. New York's not the Midwest. I do like corn. No, I can't really, what is it about corn? It, I, like, I'm, I'm just generally bad. Gross. Really? Okay. All right. Well, just that's like, fine. Yeah. Don't that's give fine. me corn. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Give me all the green beans, but you keep the corn. Well, yeah, green beans are great. Absolutely, they are. Absolutely. Are we really having a fight, an argument, a tiff over <sighs> corn and chili with beans or no beans? My God. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the new food podcast. <laughs> oh, you know, that's actually a good segue. So later this, um, so in the spring of 22, okay, there's actually going to be a Star Trek cookbook that comes out. And personally, I would love to do a live stream where we, where we're actually like making like something from the cookbook, um, like on our, our Facebook page or something, or on Twitch or something. I just think that'd be all, the, all so those much great fun. Star Trek dishes. I mean, we gotta yeah. make some gawk and. Do- Bajoran Hasparad. <laughs> Figure out what that <laughs> sure. is. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that is. Sure. Some, some sort of root. Spicy root wrap, right? Or something like that. Klingon, Klingon let's, blood pie. That's right. Let's do it. Let's do it. We got, look, we were just talking about like we're, we're still putting the production calendar together. We're tweaking some things, tightening things up. Look, we're going to have a um, have a joy of cooking Klingon style or whatever. Uh, come come the spring, early summer. I mean, it's it's gonna be great. We'll make some gach. We'll we'll make some blood wine, some um, some kind of chocolate something just to make Deanna Troy happy. Because why we'll not? Make, we'll make some blood wine. You you want to lay that down in the barrels? Want to get it aging? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. It'll be great. No, there's um. So there was um. 
I went to a, it was I think the one I went to in particular was a um, it was a Discovery season premiere watch party or something like that. And my friend Kat, she she does a lot like with um, Texas, you know, Trekkies and stuff like that. And she goes to a lot of the conventions and stuff. And she's very, very much um, a host. Like she loves hosting people. She's really good at it. She's just amazing. So if you're listening, thank you for all you do. And she made this stuff um, like I don't know what it was exactly, but I think it had something to do with like maybe like some Topo Chico, like sparkling water um, and it was either like like a cranberry something or another, um, and that was like and she labeled it blood wine, um, Klingon blood wine. So, um, I mean, it, it was good. It was good. So I mean, whatever. Just thought I'd point that out. But yeah, don't I mean, you can make don't something like chili. blood blood oranges, blood orange wine, and just be blood wine. There you go. See. Yeah, I see what you did there. Or or and then you could also do like. The the Cardassian canar, fish fish juice. Well, but no, <laughs> just give no, some, like, just drink some hoisin. If, if you listen to the the some of the like the behind the scenes stuff, um, Casey Biggs, who played Damar, he was drinking like caro syrup. That was like what they used on set for the canar, okay. and he was actually like just drinking caro syrup. That's <laughs> why. Which sounds really gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <bit. laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Well, speaking of beverages, we have um, we have uh, um, a legendary beverage spiller that makes an appearance in this week's episode of Lower Decks, uh, but more on that later. Uh, so, David, I, I do need to know. You know, you were hoping for maybe a good meal uh, at, with the baseball game. Did that end up happening, or did you? Just like no, I, I got that loving feeling. I need my boiled hot dog. Well, it was a soccer game. Baseball's over, but it's fine, Chase. I see how much you pay attention to our conversations. Appreciate it. No, uh, <laughs> I thought you said it. I thought you so said it we, was a baseball game. No, no, no. It was, it was uh, crew MLS. Little, oh, MLS. Little, okay, Amer- American soccer. Uh, American, <laughs> not American. Yeah. American. Exactly. <laughs> Always can. Um, no, we, we, uh, we, we didn't eat at the actual stadium. Um, where did we go? Oh, we just went to a, a local place in the town I, I live in and, and got some okay. wings and some various, they do really good appetizer stuff too. So no, it was good. Uh, my, my brother's kid, it was, it was his birthday. So that was my, my present to him because he, he likes gotcha. the live event stuff. So we took him to the game and he had a good time. Gotcha. You know, I've never been to an MLS game or, or just like any kind of American soccer game or whatever. Um, but like FC Dallas, I think is like I think FC Dallas is a major league soccer team, right? That sounds right. Yes, they are. Okay. Yep. So and there was the can uh, you know Kansas City Sporting KC was a big one that you know I went to one game while I was in that area. Very good. Okay. Well, the crew the crew was actually almost moved to Texas. The the pr- previous owner wanted to move the team to I don't remember what part of Texas, but to Texas in general. I know that's a big big oversimplification. Uh, mm-hmm. But then the 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 town Columbus is so passionate about their soccer and like the Blue Jackets, hockey, all that stuff, and it's all pretty much centralized in one 
part of Columbus called the Arena District next to Clipper Stadium, uh, that they actually got uh, effectively forced to sale of the team. So, uh, wow, forced sale of the team. The owner of the Cle- the owner of the Cleveland Browns, the uh, Haslam's, own it now. And uh, they yeah. built a new stadium downtown, nice new stadium. So, yeah, we were able to force an owner out <laughs> okay. to keep well, the team like, here. Columbus is, like, one of the big um, big places where the U.S. men's national team plays. Yeah. Right? They play there quite often. Hmm. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think people realize how big Texas is. Like, when you were saying, like, almost moved to Texas. Like, from, from um, Dallas, it takes nine hours to get from Dallas to El Paso which is just it's crazy to think about and then like from Dallas to you know Texarkana Arkansas I mean you're looking at like another what is that three some odd hours three four hours thereabouts so I mean like you're looking at at least 13 14 hours to go from one end of the state to the complete other so Yay, Texas! We're unnecessarily large. Everything's bigger in Texas. (laughs) 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 Well, well, we're still working on getting uh, David down here um, as as a as a Texas resident. I mean, we got we got Eric finally. I mean, he he finally signed the contract and said, "Yeah, I'll do it." And uh, yeah, but just don't expect me to be like. Dropping y'alls and stuff. Yet, we'll wear you down. No, Don't worry. No, no. <laughs> get get a yeehaw no. out of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> not gonna see me up on any horse. Are you sure? Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Okay, I'm sure. Don't worry. We'll we'll wear you down eventually. It'll happen. It'll happen eventually. It might take a while, but it, it'll happen. It'll happen. I, I, have, I have faith of the heart that it'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ye of little faith. Okay. Yeah, but my heart doesn't take me there. Don't don't worry. The refrain will come back. You'll you'll have faith of the heart. It'll be fine. There's a refrain. There's a refrain. Just remember, there's a refrain. Oh, okay. Well. Nothing much has really happened since the last time you saw me, other than, well, that's, yeah, nothing's really happened. So my life is just so exciting and stuff. So nothing's happened. So, um, again, I'm living vicariously through you two with your, with your soccer games, your American football, your, her foot, doing the things, foot, <laughs> the things that you do, the Shakespeare's, the, the kicking of stuff. Anyway, well, I think that's about it. Um, it has been so um, as we move into the show this is your first time um, listening to um, an episode of these are the voyages welcome we're happy to have you here Um, what we're about to dive into is of course in the spoiler territory so if you have not seen the season finale of lower deck season two hit the pause button go check it out and come back in about 30 minutes and you can finish it because we're about to spoil things upon spoil things um However, before we dive in to talking about that, we have, we've, um, in all seriousness, we have like sincerely missed having you here, David, um, and, and, you know, your take on stuff and your, your opinions of the show and ratings and stuff. And um, I know you're kind of playing catch up, so I don't want to like 
throw you under the bus or anything, but of the stuff that you have watched so far, um, how would you like rate it? Perhaps like what have you what have you had the chance to get caught up on, and how would you rate it? I suppose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we had said prior to hitting record that the last episode I watched was the um, was it Spy Humongous? Humongous. Was that yeah. What it was the Packlet episode? Yeah. Um, so it, it, it had been about four weeks. Um, I didn't have a lot of time yesterday and had not as much time this morning to get kind of caught up on the last four episodes. I watched one uh, with the the evil supercomputer and Boimler and Mariner getting trapped on a planet. Um which uh, I, I didn't think was all that bad. I, I don't remember it well enough off the top of my head to really give it a rating, but I, it was like, uh, eh, uh, okay. Uh, it's something. Uh, which, coincidentally, did you talk about who voiced the uh, the computer? Because it sounded super familiar to me. It, Jeffrey it was Combs. Jeffrey Combs, who did Wayoon and okay. Tran. Okay. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't place it at the time. I was like, that sounds super familiar. I figured you guys would know who it was. Um, so then I skipped the one that the thumbnail was like a wild, like a Western thing. Uh, so I missed that one, which apparently was not rated very highly by you guys. Well, I mean, I didn't rate it very highly. I think Chase enjoyed it. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then I watched the, um, I, I don't know what it was called, but lower decks across the universe is what I, what I liked it, likened it to, um, which I think probably was probably was the best episode of the season um i i thought it would be stupider than what it wound up being like for some reason i just thought that they'd flub it because the 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 humor of the cerritos um and in quotations humor of the cerritos is uh very different uh you could apply it to other other races out there because you know you had vulcan the vulcan lower decks which I don't know. I always kind of like the you're out of control, <laughs> you know, but, it's, <laughs> but it all just seems so surface level and monotone. So I kind of enjoyed that. And then uh, the, the Klingon ship. And then the very end, you just had the Borg lower decks. It's just a bunch of drones on their little charging pads. Um, mm-hmm. So I actually thought that that was, uh, that was pretty good. Um and uh, so that 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 yeah that one was pretty good. Now hold on now now that I'm 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 re-remembering things. So was the A or guess B story depending on how you looked at it of the Mariner uh, and Boimler crash the one where the uh, lieutenant commander had to you know get tricked by his mother into losing his virginity was that the same episode? Yes. Okay. Yes, it was. All right, that was a little ridiculous. That's probably where it kind of fell a little flat for me. Was that whole and I, and, I, and I just immediately thought it's like, oh look, more sex jokes. <laughs> I'm sure they love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there again. It, I think I the, the Mariner and Boimler story was the the part that I remembered because it wasn't it wasn't too bad. Anyway, so fa- uh, fast forward to Lower Decks again. Uh, Lower Decks across the universe. I thought that was uh, that was pretty darn good. I really enjoyed that. So I, I think that's pretty much up to where we are now. Yeah. yeah, we had a good time with the name of that episode. 
Like, <laughs> just shout the first syllable and then mumble the rest. Where's <laughs> douche? Yeah, and then I and then I just started shouting it. Where's <laughs> douche? And we still don't know if we're actually pronouncing it right. There's like some like gatekeeper out there somewhere in the Star Trek um, Twitterverse that's like, you won't believe these guys. You know, these guys they can't even pronounce it right. Yeah, some guy who speaks fluent Klingon who's yeah. like just mocking us relentlessly. Mm-hmm. It, it is what it is. So however you pronounce it, that's how you pronounce it. We whether we did it right, cool. If we didn't, whatever. We had fun with it. It's just it's just fun to like shout. Just like um Eric's joke that we camped out on for probably longer than we should have. Uh, with the whole like, you know, life is short, tell someone you love them, but life is also terrifying, so scream it and cling on, you know. That that too. Oh, okay. Now that we have that out of the way, <laughs> I guess let's let's talk. Um, let's talk Lower Deck season two, episode ten. First, first contact. Okay. So um, in this episode, there's a lot that's kind of going on, um, but not all at the same time. Uh, we find out um, early on in the episode that um, there's a character that's come back uh, that we met long, 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 long time ago in early Next Generation. Uh, season 2, I believe. Uh, the episode Q Who uh, where we, we meet uh, good old Sonia Gomez, right? Who was at the time an ensign. An ensign and um, so very famous for talking incessantly and um, just as equally famous for um, spilling hot chocolate all over herself and Captain Picard. Fantastic. So hopefully there's did, not did you, a... And uh, did you find... Did, did you find the, the voice acting like it didn't fit an animated show? Is that just me? For her, you're saying? Yeah, for her. Yeah. Well, a, well, a little it's bit. The same, it's the same actress who played the character way yeah. back when. I, I just... It just for some reason, I just didn't like it in animated form, for whatever reason, it, just, it to me it didn't like it didn't fit. And I've said I, I've had that sort of thing a couple of times, like um, the Bad Batch, Star Wars Bad Batch, uh, Omega. The first few episodes, it's like I don't know if you just recorded this in a closet on like a regular mic and just sent it in, or something like that, or it just doesn't fit. Eventually, it did for that, but this one I, I didn't. I didn't. It just sounded off to me. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. Um, I think in the like the first couple scenes with her, David, um, it sounded odd. But um, I think by the time we get to the end of the episode, it had it evened out a lot more. But I know what you mean. Like it it sounded a little like maybe there's like too much treble or something going on um, in the first part of it. But like, like, like it, the, the distortion, the the bass, and everything just seemed a lot better. Like the audio engineering of her her character's voice sounded a lot better to me. So good, I mean, good observation. Yeah, I didn't notice at all, but I did. It, I did make a point to go look to see if it was the same actress, and it was right. I mm-hmm. can't remember her name offhand, but she played Sonia Gomez in not just Q Who, but the very next episode, The Samaritan Snare, which is. The Packlet episode, right? It's um, uh, oh my goodness, uh, I'm probably pr- butchering her first name, uh, Lycia Lycia Naff. 
who played uh, Captain Sonia Gomez. And um, she's appeared on, on quite a bit of stuff, apparently. Um, well, she has a big gap in her IMDb resume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went. I, mean, I went looking too yeah. for for the same reason that you did, Eric. Like, is this the same lady that we saw as an ensign? Which I was doing the math on this, and um, so season two of Next Gen, I think that's like tw- so. I think Next Gen started 64. in the year twenty three sixty three. Was it like was that around when Next Gen started twenty three sixty three? Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're in. So by the time Lower Decks happens, you know we're in twenty three eighty one, twenty three eighty two. Seventeen, eighteen years. But that, but that just seems like a stretch to me, from going from an ensign years to make seventeen years from ensign to captain. That doesn't. Yeah. Seem too fast. To me, it does. I mean, maybe maybe I'm just kind of like it's it's skewed for me, just because it took Riker so dang long to get captain, but. Well, Riker could have been offered captain in season two, <laughs> yeah, right, and he was he was only would have been like eight years for him. Sure, but like I don't know. I guess like even like just regular military, like you think like a captain, which is going to be like a captain or a colonel, like going from ens- like an ensign or a second lieutenant to a colonel or a captain. Just gosh, like sixteen, seventeen years just seems like a really short time to me. I mean, like, your first four years of, of active duty, you're going from an 01 to an 03, which would be, you know, Ensign, Lieutenant JG, and Lieutenant in the Navy. And from there, like, from, like, a, um, a full lieutenant to a lieutenant commander, you might be in your in, in that for at least four, five, six years before you're even considered for, for a lieutenant commander. So, like, I, I guess I'm just doing, like, that... Like that's just my logic. I realize this is this is fictional, and they make up their own rules. It's like who's lying, right? Rules are made up, points don't matter, type of thing. Um, I don't know. I'll leave it alone. But just just my thought, just how I was thinking about it. Good for her. She must have done some great things after spilling co- um, hot chocolate all over uh, Picard. <laughs> oh, it didn't seem too unbelievable to me. Well, 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 we'll keep on trucking then. Um, but the Cerritos, right? They're they're uh, about to go on and actually do like a first contact kind of mission type of thing, which they're the Cerritos is like just famous for being a, um, I guess famous for being, you know, a second contact only ship. Like they're the ones that come in after like the big wigs, right? And they do like the second contact, like all the follow up, all the paperwork. Um, type of stuff to get you in type of thing and here we are cool yay first contact first first contact <laughs> their first was it there but is it i guess it is their first first contact that's why it's called first first contact uh, mm-hmm. but along the way there's there's some drama of sorts that is a bruin and what is that drama that's a brewing, Eric or David? Who who wants to shout it out proudly? Well, well, listen. This is the biggest joke in all of Lower Decks, as far as I'm concerned. 
Captain Carol Freeman getting promoted and getting a bigger and better ship. Like, Captain Freeman, Carol Freeman, is incompetent and deserves to have her command taken away from her. So, like, to me, this is the biggest joke of all, that she would be getting more responsibility because she is incompetent. That's my opinion. What do you think about that, David? Do you agree or or not so much? Yeah, the the only thing the only thing that I would say is like if I if I were to step step back and and I suppose if we were to put more realism in the show, I'm sure she would be fine. <laughs> but judge judge based off of off of the the reality of how we kind of look at, at Star Trek. Yeah, I mean she's got her daughter on ship that she literally lets do whatever she wants. Uh, I mean, granted, they they at least come out <laughs> at the end, so that's a win. Um, but I, I I mean, really, I would say up until this episode was the first time that I can I can honestly say that there was any any real good command. It's like we might even talk about deltas at the end of this, you know. At least I will. Uh, but I I think that that's just kind of the the crux of the show they're they're all kind of incompetent in their own little animated way okay nope 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 and you know what the other big joke is like that this i like are there children on this ship like have we ever seen children on the ship have we ever like mentioned there being children on the cerritos ever I don't, I don't remember. I don't think so. Because, you know, they're celebrating Captain Freeman Day, and Mariner's like, that's just a, a made-up holiday to, like, get kids to... I don't know what she said, but it was, like, a made-up holiday for arts and crafts for the kids. Right. Like, are there kids on the Cerritos? Sure. I mean, there's ballroom dancing competitions, so why not? Yeah. There is that. Yeah, and like, and the other thing, like, it makes sense for Boimler to want to celebrate Captain Freeman Day because he's a kiss ass, right? But like, again, it doesn't make sense for this crew to be like so devoted to Captain Freeman because she's a terrible captain. So like, I know it was going for a joke on the Captain Picard Day, mm-hmm. but like. Captain Freeman Day makes no sense on this ship. Uh, I think it's a quota, Eric. You you have to have so many like callbacks to prior Star Trek stuff, or it's not a show. You know, the quota has to be reached. <laughs> how much? Yes, yes, that's true. How much Star Trek can we put in Star Trek? Yeah, right. Yeah. We we cram. Yeah, that's what Mike McMahon said on that day. We cram so much Star Trek into our Star Trek. <laughs> Forced or not, quota. <laughs> let's let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, so speaking of like Star Trek being in Star Trek, um, we get a a return of sorts of the USS Excelsior, kind of, and um, in in the um, form of the USS um, Archimedes, who which is captained by. Um, 
uh, Gomez, uh, Captain Gomez. Um, and you, you, you see her talking to Freeman early on about like the promotion and, you know, we'll meet you at the rendezvous point. And there was just something about how that was said that I was just like going all the way back to like Battle of Endor in Star Wars. Like it just sounded so Star Warsian to me. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I was the only one that like picked up on that. Nothing wrong with Star Wars, David, but like, did did either one of you notice that at all, or or no? Didn't go there. Okay, cool. Just checking. Nah. No, I didn't. I didn't even think of that. <sighs> okay. All right. Well, we're trying to put Star Trek in Star Trek, not Star Wars in Star Trek. All right. Good talk, everyone. Good talk. Way to go, team. All right. We're doing great. We're doing great. And along the way, Mariner um, just has to get butt hurt by her mom getting this promotion and waiting for the right time to say something about it. That really, that just like was really grinding my gears. Like if, if I found out something important, like a promotion or an attaboy or something like that, you know, I'd want to think it over. I know like we've, we've each had like big moments in our life where we probably want to like hit the pause button before we decide who we tell at the right time. So that just like really that was just really annoying to me, and um, I don't want to make that 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 Mariner went and told everybody. Yeah, that Captain Freeman didn't didn't want to say that anything. that Mariner went and said anything because like she basically she like just like ostensibly right like Freeman had just found out that she was going to be getting this, so like yeah you're not going to like drop it like it's hot right away when you find out. I mean, yeah, but I think this fits for Mariner's character. I think I, I mean, this is believable that she would do this. Right. It's You're right. It is 100% believable, but it doesn't make it not annoying either. So that, I mean, I'm just, well, I'm I just annoyed. I think that's the point of the Mariner character is that she is annoying. Freaking Mariner. Yeah, Goodness. pretty much. Great. I'm already out of Earl Grey tea. And we're not—we're barely even in. Goodness, I need more tea. I need more tea to to spill. All right. <sighs> okay. So rendezvous point. Like Mariner finds out, she starts blabbing. Basically, Let, the Archimedes warps out to this this point in space, and the the Cerritos eventually joins in. Um, where do we want to go from here, gents? In terms of what we talk about next. I mean, you have this sort of minor subplot of, you know, Tendi and Rutherford. Uh, I don't know what they're doing. Just, like, finding spots in the ship that are cool. Yeah, like, uh, Tendi, Tendi thinks that she sees Dr. Tana, like, delete her from the system. And she thinks she's being, like, kicked off the ship. So they have to go on, like, a goodbye tour, I guess. Yeah, of all their favorite see places the, together. See all the places they love, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Rutherford is dealing with, like, uh, storage errors, right? He doesn't have enough storage left over, so he can't see anything, so he walks into the walls, which, funny joke, guy walking into the walls. I mean, hey, I thought it was ab- about funny. About 80 to 90 years ago, that would have killed. <laughs> he needs to turn his pop-up blocker on. That's what he needs to do. I mean, all, I mean, seriously, like it's just like that's my sound effect. You like it? I mean, I've been working on that all day just for this one moment. Oh. Okay. 
yeah, like so she thinks she's See, she, that was funny. That was funnier than this joke in the show. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't quit my day job. Oh, okay. Yeah, but she's she thinks that she's she's on a one-way ticket out of there. Like she's going to be transferred or whatever. Um so yeah, like this, like they're going on this little goodbye tour of sorts and we'll get to what actually happens later on. Um but there's um uh there's this the, the Cerritos meets up with the Archimedes and there's this um thing that they have to do and um there's a explosion involved which really jacks up the Archimedes and um the Cerritos has to go be the last action hero and save the day basically and uh yeah some unstable planetoid blows up and it knocks the Archimedes into like gonna fall and crash into the planet and essentially like a meteor comet or whatever it's gonna total destruction yeah mm-hmm. so one thing I didn't really get there so we're, we're saying that a starship a single starship plummeting into a planet would destroy a planet well I don't oh. know if it would destroy well, that's it, what they said I, they, I, they said I, it would yeah. be catastrophic so I, I don't. <laughs> well I think like if you're thinking like dust cloud right from some kind of meteor or comet yeah I don't know they focused That's on the all. ship being the thing it, it, that was that would impact the planet so I was like one ship I yeah. mean did one of the enterprises where... have to do an emergency crash la- crash landing on a planet I mean what about yeah yeah pretty pretty cool effect but I don't like <laughs> I mean who knows where it was gonna crash maybe it was gonna crash into the capital city but okay, did I miss this? But uh, or, or mishear it, guys? Um, I could have swore that they said that this was a pre-warp civilization, and and well, for we, it we don't make we don't make first contact with pre-warp civilizations. Right. That's part of the prime directive. Right. I, I I understand that, but it was my understanding that we had to prevent it from happening because it would completely alter. The, the direction of their of their natural evolution as a society. Um, so that's that's what I thought I was going on. I didn't hear. I didn't hear that at all. Yeah. I just thought we sent we sent in two ships, kept kept one back, so it didn't look like an invasion. But mm-hmm. I didn't catch any of like we we have to like stop this from happening because it would interfere with their evolution. It just right. It would cause destruction. It would kill people. Okay. All right. Well. I mean, just b- based on what we see later on, like, you know, like we have a ship that's in the atmosphere and people are like, ooh, ah, type of thing uh, a little bit later on. So I was thinking like, all right, well, the damage has already been done. So anyway, I, anyway. Um, so Archimedes is in trouble. It's kind of flailing around. It's got, um, we start out like, um, we, we end up with it being like, seven hours before this the Archimedes is going to crash essentially and um, um, I really like I really like how Captain Gomez handled it you know uh, like um, early on like all the moments like it kind of cut to her on the Archimedes I really liked it there was a moment like um, she was talking about like doom and gloom and you know we can worry about this uh, later or something like that and like it like just stops on her for like a second and then it's like all right let's get back to work and 
I just liked it. I liked I liked the pacing of that, what they did with her in that moment. And then, of course, we have the Cerritos um, on the other side of this asteroid field, this broken up planetoid that's just freaking the heck out, uh, trying to figure out what to do next. So yeah, like they they can't they can't just fly straight through it because of plasma or whatever some sciencey thing they can't I forget exactly what it was they said but then they're trying to brainstorm ideas on what they can do to navigate this debris field or whatever mm-hmm mm-hmm okay, and listen I'm gonna say something right here they're they're spitballing ideas and Kayshawn says can't we just warp around it and they're all like no we can't do that and I'm thinking that's the right answer <laughs> And I guess maybe that's the joke, right? Because, like, space is infinite. You can go in an infinite number of directions. You can go below it. You can go above it. You can go around it. Right? There are an infinite amount of ways to get past. It doesn't extend this debris field infinitely up and down and side to side. Like, that's why, like, a blockade in space makes no sense. The episode Unification Part 2. Or not Unification. Um... Redemption Part 2, where they create a blockade of the Klingon, like, Romulan neutral zone area. Like, you can't create a blockade in space because you can just go under or around it. Like, warping around this debris field would have been the easy, correct thing to do. And maybe that's the joke why they all, when he suggests that, and they all, like, yell at him, No, we can't do that! I don't know. Maybe I'm missing (laughs) the joke there. But, like, that's that's the right answer. Yeah, I don't. I I think that that probably is a joke because it's it's not even really the first time that we've had had one of those type of scenarios, though. Just with not being able to just go around a thing, it, it's it's happened before. But um, but I think that that kind of goes into the whole Star Trek jargon, you know, when that when we're when we're coming up with all the ideas and the sciency words that are probably correct words, but they're words now, uh, instead of literally just going around it, you know? I So I, I thought that was pretty good, personally. No, no, I like that they came up with the sciency solution, and they were spitballing ideas, and, and, you know, Rutherford being the smartest guy on the ship, probably, I mean, one of them, comes up with a a good idea of how to go through it so i like that and that's sciencey and talk about deltas will maybe hand some of those out too right so i like the idea that they came up with but go around it is the right is the right idea right and in the whole the plan that they come up with of course um or that they ultimately agree to is everyone has to be pulled off whatever they're doing, whether they're on like a break, they're on their day off, whatever it might be. And everyone has to put on like their, their, uh, spacesuits, right. And they have to like work to get the whole plating taken off. Um, which by the way, Eric, I thought you would like this because we're, we, you know, the, there's all these like sex jokes in lower decks. There's, um, a bunch of like just naked stuff in general on lower decks and uh anyway you uh you 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 bring it up enough so i thought i would just uh maybe show you if i can actually show you um here you go oh oh there we go (laughs) 
Yeah. Sensor bar. <laughs> <laughs> so people in Listenerland can't see this. I'll, I'll put, put in the group. Um, but uh, we have um, the, the final result of the Cerritos. Uh, what they end up doing is they get all the hull plating off. And, um, you know, we had a couple episodes ago where uh, there was Boimler in, um, in one of the simulations. And there was a sensor bar over his crotch. Anyways, there's a picture of a, a sensor bar over the, the Cerrito. So I thought Eric would like that because, you know, good old wholesome fun in, in Star Trek. So so there you go, Eric. I thought that would make you happy. I thought you'd like that. All right. <laughs> no, that is funny. That is a funny picture. <laughs> Big sensor bar over the deflector area. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I, I like this. Um, and so, yeah, we still have, like, the Tendi thing that's kind of going on. But we also have, like, Mariner, who's still, like, getting all bent out of shape with her mom and stuff because she realizes, like, like she's partly realizing I can't be, I can't screw around anymore because no one else is going to put up with this like my mom will type of thing. Um, and then, like, trying to do, like, yeah. some some, like, making up while this crisis is going on at the same time, too? I don't know. Yeah, and, like, Ransom is all butthurt that he's not going to go with her to the bigger and better ship and that he's not going to get promoted to captain of this ship. Yep. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, because that's 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 totally how it works, you know. You just you follow each other around, or you know what? It's just not. I mean, again, the the re, the reaction from from the bridge crew, senior staff, is, is kind of funny in a way. But it, animated series, animated series, animated series, animated series. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. So what you're telling me Why that the, you're not what? supposed to. You're not supposed to stay with the same crew for 900 years? Is that what you're saying, y'all? That you're not supposed to stay with the same crew for 30, 40 years? Well, only until you start doing the movies and the series is over, so it's safe to, you know, break mm. up the crew. Okay, I yeah. gotcha. Yeah. By the way, when did, did we always have these dolphins in this ship? Yeah, yeah, I have no <laughs> idea where this joke, if where this comes from, like... What is cetacean ops? Is this like a Star Trek Four joke? Yeah. Because I have no, I, I this like, what Easter egg is this supposed to be? So they've they've mentioned a couple times in the, these first two seasons about like um, cetacean ops, and but we've never seen it at all. Like they, it, like it's been dropped like maybe less than a handful of times over the course of two seasons. I mean, th yeah. th this is this, this is like a. Do you guys did you guys ever watch the the really short run series Sequest? I love Sequest. Sequest season one is fantastic. Yeah, what where they Sequ had Dar Darwin. Sequest season two is a garbage pos. Oh no no, one hundred percent agree. <laughs> they they tried to take away the science and made it into a you make know, it like an action show. Yeah, it did it didn't work. Though. But but Darwin, the the the, the yeah. resident dolphin on the ship, and that's what I thought about it. I mean, but apparently these <laughs> dolphins just really like Rutherford, and one of them, you know, it's like, oh man, you're awful sweaty. You should like jump on in. Yeah, yeah, we had to get the sex joke in there, right? Because of course. But no, what what I thought of um, 
there's a really good book series. It's called The Uplift Saga uh, by David Brin. And, and the idea is, like, different species, like, uplift or, like, genetically engineer other species to become sentient. And humans have done this with both, like, primates and dolphins. And so one of the books follows a spaceship crew of intelligent dolphins. That's one of the books. It's, it won the both the Hugo and Nebula Award, hmm. right? It's called which one is that? It's Star Tide Rising. It's the the second book in the series. Nice. Okay. It's either the second or the third. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, that's what I thought of. But definitely Sequest as well. Um. So. Yeah, like all the all the stuff is happening. There's they they managed to get all the 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 plating off except for like this one section which is why they need someone to dive deep down through cetacean ops and um, pull the lever basically by the way there was a lot yeah, of but before but before they do well I was, sorry, I was before gonna, they do that go ahead go ahead Jake. I was just gonna <laughs> just gonna say that there's just a lot of first contact movie references in this like especially like with the suits and the levers and stuff but go go ahead Eric Oh no! Like before, before um, Boimler goes down there, Mariner's like, "I guess I have to save the day again and be Mariner Sue one more time." <laughs> <laughs> it's like the show knows that that she is too air quotes powerful, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. At least there's some self awareness there. Or it's poking poking fun at someone else, perhaps, or someone's else. I don't know. No, I think this is a self-aware moment for the show. Okay. I hope that's what it is. Perhaps, yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. So, like, the arguing takes place. There's, there's like, stuff explosion, exploding, and falling apart, and and whatnot. And uh, Boimler ultimately is the one that that makes the move to jump down there, go find the thing and um, and do what he needs to do while Mariner goes off and does something else entirely with her mom. So I don't know. This is where I get kind of like lost um, in, in trying to remember different parts of the show. So I might need some help on this part, guys. Um, so from Boimler's perspective, he goes down there. He's like he's on the struggle bus, right? Like with the the clamp, like with the lever and everything, and he's able to finally like release it. Um, but then there's like an issue like with his um, environmental yeah. suit where it cracks, and um, he ultimately has to take it off. And we think he's like going to drown, and you know, we ultimately he makes it back to the surface with the help of the um, cetacean ops officers, basically. Yeah, that's. I yeah, mean, it's a pretty basically. good description. And then you know, Mariner goes to the bridge, and they've detached the view screen so they can just look out, right? And Ransom is piloting the ship, a la Star Trek Into Darkness, with his helmet display thing, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then um, they get hit by a big space rock, and Mariner floats off into space before, God damn it, Jen comes and saves her. <laughs> <laughs> yes, our our new our new buddy, Jennifer uh, the Andorian, is her official yeah, character Jennifer. name. Yep. Okay. Yeah. 
And oh, um, by the way, there, there was the whole Rutherford flashback thing that we didn't talk about. Which, which yeah, which I was about he, to mention, his, like his dark past. Yeah, he's running around with Tendi and um, has to finally decide to erase his memory. I re- okay, I really don't know if I want this to be a recurring theme thing, not theme thing with him. Like, I mean, is that what it's going to be? Like, last oh, it'll season, come to fruition that, somehow. Yeah, well, yeah, you don't put this in there unless it's going to mean something at some point. I just, I want it to end eventually. I mean, first time, like, was tragic. Second time, you know, now, it's just well, I don't think sad he's lost and kind of funny. His memory. He hasn't lost all his memories, he's just lost his backups. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope that's the case. So, anyway, um, but yeah. So Jennifer the Andorian saves saves Mariner. Boimler's okay. Rutherford has to dump his his backups, and w- basically, what happens? We get through the we get through the debris, and we're just as the Archimedes is about to crash or potentially start to enter the atmosphere and crash. We tractor beam that big old ship and save the day. And boom shakalaka, there we go. That's the the big yep. drama. Yep. Yep. And then because because the Cerritos saves the day, Captain Freeman and her senior staff, which somehow includes Mariner as part of the senior staff, which I don't get other than she's the captain's daughter, because the whole point is that she's a lower decker and not senior staff. Go down and they make first contact with the Lapirians who like to get their party on. Yeah. With Freeman. She might have gotten a little inebriated. Just a little bit. Right. Just a little Lapirian, bit. Lapirian ale. <laughs> was that green? Was it green? I don't know. That's just like the running joke, right? Like, I don't know what this is. It is green. It's green, yeah. That would have been a perfect time for, like, the it is green joke. I mean, like, to check the it Star Trek box. That, you know it, what I'm saying? It, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of all the Star Wars you stuff in, you can't stuff that one in there, too. (laughs) Nope, it's too much. We hit our quota. It's done. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll save that for some time later. We're saving that for season three, everyone. (sighs) Okay. So, yeah, let's talk about, like, the... the Before we get to that, we'll get... Let's just... Since we focused on what happened to all the characters, Tendi... We'll just go to this real quick. She isn't being, like, kicked off the ship as she thought, but she's being, like, put on, like, senior science track, which I like that for Tendi. That yeah. makes sense for her character and to see that growth from her end. She deserves that with as hard of a worker as she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm, I think I'm going to turn this into a poll on Twitter next. Uh, but it's really got me curious, you know, like with, um, to kind of like deviate just for a second, we've seen a lot of growth with, with Rutherford, you know, like I think for, for most of us, he's probably our favorite of the lower deckers on this show. Um, and, and now with, with Tendi, we've seen some growth with Boimler, um, just in, uh, particularly how he handles like the red shirts, um, at, at one point in the season, I guess like the question I have is who do you think is going to get promoted first of the four, you know, knowing that they're all kind of, you know, on a, on a good track in, in a sense, who well, do you think is going to get me, promoted first? 
Boimler already got promoted, technically. If we want, yeah, technically, right? I mean, but like we're we're kind of like resetting the clock on him because you know he's not a JG anymore for whatever reason. I mean, my I my. Mean, my I guess I would say Tendi, right? This seems like this is kind of a promotion, in a sense. Possibly. Well, either either that or either that or you follow the the kind of logic of, um, you know, sort of in quotation like main character type of deal, which to my mind would be Beckett. It's like next season we're gonna see Captain Beckett Mariner, you know, <laughs> on the Cerritos in place of her mommy. You know, I. I'm just, you know, stranger things have happened. I mean, we did have Ensign, Ensign First Officer Captain temporarily, you know, already happen in the universe. So, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 Mariner was a lieutenant at one point. I I, I would really like to see. So this is what I would like to see. Like knowing that Tendi is being put on this like science officer senior training something or another, right? Um, at the end of this episode going into season three that I think would be great for her character for her to be promoted first for her to be a lieutenant and everyone else to be an ensign and her have to grapple with being um, senior to her friends and what and how that would impact not just who she is and her her relationship with them but how she continues to develop as a Starfleet officer I would love to see that so much That's just me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. I mean, I, again, it, it's it's one of those sort of like deserving versus animated series logic. <laughs> so, right, right. Or even live action series logic, mm. which like mm. Ensign First Officer Tilly didn't make sense from any logical perspective other than nope. you know she's one of our main characters. True. Right, right. So, let's talk about the end of this episode. Um, Everyone has found out that Freeman is going to get promoted um, to, or, you know, promoted, transferred to a bigger ship, basically. And they're, they're excited about, or Boimler's particularly excited about, like, the hallway, the slow clap as she walk ceremoniously down the hall um, off the vessel basically and folks from Starfleet show up in her um, her ready room and arrest her and just as everyone's about to start clapping in the hallway they're marching her out in the handcuffs for everyone to see and uh, the screen goes to black and says to be continued well, well was, why is she being arrested because of left out that part Yes, I did. Because of potentially, um, allegedly, not potentially, allegedly aiding the Paclets. This is the the stupidest setup. She wasn't wasn't aiding the Paclets. She was accused of of detonating a bomb and blowing up Paclet Planet. Still. It's one of the stupidest setups, though. I mean, it's so easily dismantled that, like, it it felt, like, lazy. I'm I'm wondering though, like, is this the Packleds who are trying to set her up, or or is this like Starfleet, like, finding a, a perfect Patsy 
Like, that's what I'm wondering. Because, like, you don't... I don't feel like you perp walk a captain through her ship like they did at the end. Like, unless, you know, it's for optic reasons. And because she is such a, you know, on a low ship that's not important, right? She couldn't even get into that party. Are, is she being set up for a patsy? Or was this the Packleds that are trying to set her up? Because it doesn't make sense that the Packleds would be able to do this because I feel like you could easily pick apart, you know, that idea. I, I think it's going to be something with Rutherford. I think that that's how it's going to tie up. Like, his his flashback thing, and it's going to be, like, in, like, like, intelligence or something. Okay, that makes sense. It's probably going to be some Section 31. Let's get another... Yeah. Let's get yeah. another reference in there. I, 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 that's probably where it's heading. I, I mean, I think that it's, it's gonna also tie into like a chain of command kind of homage too, um, with how it's how it's played out and getting her off. Like maybe, maybe. because she's being promoted, transferred somewhere else. You know, now that the transfer, what like she's gonna turn it down or whatever. Um, that this is just a way to get her off ship so that she can do some kind of secret something or another just like Picard did and got captured by the Cardassians. So, I mean, that's that's kind of what yeah, I'm thinking for like a you, season you, three type of story. You also have to remember who Carol Freeman's husband is. Right, an admiral. A, a, four, yeah. a, four, a four-pipped admiral, right? Yep. Yeah. Like, you don't, you, don't, you don't arrest a four-pipped admiral's wife, like, unless you have an ironclad case. Well, and, and, and a captain at that. It's she's yeah. not like a civilian or anything. She's right. a, she's a legitimate captain, right? Yeah. That. Oh, that. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, this is mm. going. To, <laughs> are they trying? Are they trying to like uh, influence the husband's decisions or something? Is this going to be like a deep state episode? I mean, we don't even know who, anything about the husband, so that would be a dumb story. I feel like. Other than it's voiced by Phil Lamar. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, hey, maybe we'll maybe we'll get like an animated version of conspiracy, right? Maybe maybe we'll do some like real deep dive into like a Star Trek check the box thing with that. I mean, I want to see some heads exploding and some parasitic things coming back, man. That was cool. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> late eight, late eighties bad CGI. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. I want to see Remick come back in yeah, parasite so do you form. Like, do you like that? Do you like this as a? Do you like this as a setup for season three? Um, honestly, I do. Yeah, I, I I like this. I'm just for me. I'm over the packlets. Like it was really neat to see them come in at the end of last season because, hey, weren't they a joke? And they weren't really a joke, but like. Every episode in some way, oh, we have to deal with the pack-led problem, the pack-led problem. And I thought last week we had finally resolved the pack-led problem. Like, we'd exposed the Klingons as, you know, being behind this, and that was the end of it. Now we knew. And I'm just kind of over it. I'm ready to move on to a different story. And it feels like the show is not ready to move on from that. Well, yeah. their planet was destroyed, so it might have dealt with that. Per- I mean, the the Packlid, you know, the physical Packlid problem. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I just I just want something different. Well, sure. I think that the Packleds are going to be like the main big bad for 
lower decks for as long as it's on. And just like we did with other Star Trek shows, I mean, we'll have like the main ones and others will circle in. But maybe 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 we're going to be hitting the pause button on Packleds for right now. I don't know. I mean, we I mean, look at the Ferengi. Ferengi were supposed to be the big bads of next gen. Um, and that did not work. And the Borg ended up being like the main ones, I think, for the most part. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll see. There's only, well, there's only, there's only six Borg episodes in seven seasons of The Next Generation. Sure. Sure. But there, I mean, like, they were still, like, they were there, but they weren't there. I mean, like, just a variety of interviews that I've listened to and things that I've read. Like, it seems just, it, to me, it just seems consistent with them being, like, referred to as, like, the main big bad, regardless of how many appearances they're making. I don't know. I mean, sure, like, with Voyager, it was, like, maybe the big bad apart from like maybe species 8472 kind of like doing like a little wingman kind of work with them um and like Kazon for the first half of the series and you know Borg and species 8472 for the second half I mean you might disagree with me Eric I don't know what do you think well I mean species 8472 I think is only in four episodes of Voyager I would say the Borg became the big bad guy of Star Trek Voyager right just be I mean you know, just because you had seven of nine there the whole time and there was always, you know, we have to deal with the Borg and then obviously the ending, which I said many times I don't care for, you know, result revolved all around the Borg. So I would definitely say the Borg are the big bad guy of Voyager. And I would say the Borg are probably the big bad guy of Star Trek in general. But I don't know if I would say they're as big of a bad guy as like for deep for for the next generation as like maybe the Romulans because they were just ever okay. more present. Okay. Fair enough. So, um, was there anything that we missed that we need to talk about with this episode? I know we kind of it seemed like we went through this pretty quick. No. No. Okay. I think so. All right. Well, you you guys have been um, waiting for. Um, YouTube and waiting for like the Delta. So if this is your first time tuning into an episode of the Delta uh, is where we we look at the different aspects of um, of Starfleet, like the different divisions, the main overarching divisions. So command, what are we seeing with like leadership, leadership theory, um, just overall leadership in general, command decisions, uh, science, obviously science stuff. And um, of course, um, engineering and operations. So techno babble and uh, working through things and coordinating and stuff like that. So um, let's hear it. Let's hear some deltas. Whoever wants to start. Well, well, I, I'm given a science and engineering operations, both of them full deltas, right? Even though, yes, the answer to the problem is go around it. Right? They were able to come up with a really science solution to this problem right to navigate our way through this debris plasma combo field whatever thing and then the whole crew pitched in to help out strip off the hull and do all these things so i'm going to give a full like science and a full engineering operations 
Delta. I think those are both deserved here. Um, okay. I can. I think like Carol Freeman, as I said, is not a good captain, but once they come up with an idea, she does rally the crew around it, and and you know, inspire inspires. I don't know if that's the right word, but she, you know, gets them all committed to working on this one idea so there is some command there so i'm not gonna be too hard and maybe just give like a half command because i carol freeman is terrible and i can't give her a full command (laughs) okay (laughs) what do you think david (laughs) yeah i mean I, i i obviously agree with the science and engineering i mean creative solution um creative solution to an interest I guess an interesting problem have we ever really seen any any Star Trek media where they just didn't have hull plating I don't well know. I mean we have seen them like remove like whole pieces of the hull before notably like, in all the, the hull no I don't think we've seen them do all the hull <laughs> the full the full Monty there with the hull um Anyway, it, 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 it was a creative solution to, to an interesting problem. And I, I think uh, so that, it definitely deserves the Delsus for that. I actually think that the uh, – I'm not quite as hard on, on Freeman. I, I do understand, but I, I just think it's, it's, a, it's a comedic foil to an animated show. Um, but I, I think I did like the whole angle where you know she's going to do something with her yacht. You know, she's just going to kind of go off and do sort of like a Kirky type thing while her daughter's saying, no, I'm Kirk. No, I'm Kirk. No, I'm Kirk. Uh, and so on and so forth. So, I mean, she, she clearly, she, she clearly, um, you know, values the crew, safety of the crew. So she's, in, in my opinion, displaying some, some captain tendencies. Now, whether that's smart or just half cocked, probably more half cocked than smart, uh, but it's a good thing that uh, that Tendi and Rutherford were just hiding out eating ice cream in her in her special yacht. So there you go. But I, I mean, I, I don't. Again, I, I think that there was enough of a rally and the plan came together, uh, which would stem from command. So I, I would I would probably even give it that that particular delta as well. Sure. Okay. Yeah. For me, I I mean, I I think we're we're all in the same boat when it comes to like the science, the engineering stuff. Um, even like looking beyond Freeman, like looking at even just Gomez for like the few scenes that we have with her throughout the episode, um, I just like her style of leadership. I mean, I just like like just how she handles herself at different times, and um, like Freeman is is very much a touch and go. And I I, I hear what David's saying about you know uh, a comedic foil to an animated series. For her, like, t- like in this episode, it just tips a little bit over the edge for me, for uh, being for her instead of against her when it comes to like the command stuff. Like, when when the plan happened, like you said, Eric, like she was able to rally the folks and make stuff happen. Um, you and the captain make it happen. Good old Captain Crunch. That's who she probably like learned from. She probably served <laughs> under Captain Crunch at one point. Um, Peanut butter regular Chase. There you go. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm, I'm a regular kind of guy, um, but oh, sick with with the little um, the little berries. I mean, come on now. Mm. <laughs> um, so for me, I'm I'm giving all three um, 
um, all three in this episode. Um, okay, let's let's do our numerical rating. So scale of one to ten, one being a dumpster fire, ten being uh, phenomenal. What do we got? Let's start. I mean, I oh, I'll go. I'll go. Okay. I certainly don't hate this episode. Um, this episode has a nine point two rating on IMDb. With just just three hundred votes, it's so you know it's probably skewed by you know some outliers there. But like, I don't hate this episode. I don't think it's a great episode. It's nowhere near as good as last week's episode or the season one finale, which I thought was fantastic as well. Um, yeah, it did some interesting things. It it feels like a Star Trek episode a lot more than some of the others have. Uh, you know, we toned down the sex jokes, right? They're, the only thing yep. was the little dolphin joke, which, you know, was very small. It wasn't an episode built around that. I think that some of the jokes landed here. Um, and I, I liked it. Uh, I didn't love it. Um, it's it's solid. I think, I mean, I'm just going to go with like a 7.6. Just a solid episode. Not great, but solid. Okay. Okay. My only question, Eric, is did you want some more of it? <laughs> so anyway. Um, Tim McGraw over here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do agree. It fe- <laughs> to me, it definitely felt more Star Trek than pretty much most of anything else that we've, we've watched, which, um, which I appreciate. And the other thing, too, is it, it felt more impactful, kind of like... Uh, we're actually dealing with a real something real something that we're not just trying to make fun of 50 times out of 50 you know so it i i I do enjoy comedy but i enjoy seriousness too and i and i think that there was there was a, a lot more of that there um and then you know you have I don't know. I, I thought it was kind of an interesting cliffhanger, you know, for for a lead in to the next season. You, ooh, what's what's this? And we we already kind of worked out that it's going to be a- Admiral Blackmail or, or Section Thirty One. Who knows? It'll be fun. Um, but but overall, I, I thought it was it was pretty solid. A lot more solid than some of the episodes we've been watching. Um, I, I'm probably gonna go just a wee bit higher and just just give it a good good old eight one. Okay, very cool. So last week, I gave um, I gave the episode um, an eight point eight. Um, good old Wedge episode was just just a good good old episode, and i I really like I really like this episode. Um, this is one that I do plan on watching um, again, not just you know for the sake of the show, just you know, and, and us talking about it, but just, this is like one episode that I, I think I'll, I'll think of mm, fondly, I guess, if that's a, a way of putting it. And, um, it's not an eight, eight for me. It's not a nine, um, or anything like that. Um, I'd say this is probably in my top three or five episodes of, of lower decks. And, I guess like my initial number that I had um, coming into this was an eight four. So I really like this episode, and um, I think there's a lot of good stuff to it. Um, there's still some issues 
um, here and there. I mean, no no episode is perfect, I don't think, but um, but there, there's there's definitely good stuff in here, and um, and I just I just really enjoyed it. So, yeah, that's the episode. So, I guess uh, from there, we have um, we have a little bit of of a follow up that we have to do. So, um, I did a a poll, another poll. I've been doing these things on um, on the Twitter, and let's let's go to the Twitter sphere and let's let's look at one of these polls that we did. Now, David, don't look unless you already have or you voted. I don't know. Um, I have no way of knowing, but. The last one that I did was a follow-up to um, the other one we did uh, about, like, which ship you would serve on. So, um, round two. Here we go. Round two. If you had to serve on one Star Trek ship, which captain would it be under? And the choices were the NX-01 Enterprise with Archer, Discovery with anyone, the La Serena with Rios, or the Cerritos with Freeman. So uh, before I, before I go to the results, uh, which ship would would you guys want to serve on? I mean, this was like I don't, I don't even know. I would be surprised because I, I haven't looked at the poll, but I would be surprised if this is even a contest. Like of those choices, if anybody picks other than Enterprise and Archer, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. Well, well, like the only argument I can make is that. The Enterprise with Archer is a tiny, tiny little ship, yep. right? You have to, like, duck underneath the rafters, and it's very, like, the technology is very low, right? It's very low compared to what we're... There's, there's no holodeck, <sighs> right? There's no food replicators, you know, there's... But they got protein resequencers eventually. Yeah, it's fine. You just, there's, you just have to go to the gym. That's about the... You get movie night. There's, there's fried no, catfish and pie in, in little know, coolers. And and every alien species you run into is probably more powerful than you. So, like, like there can be an argument for something other than that. Like, if you're serving under Chris Rios, you're just, like, person for hire, space pirate, right? <laughs> I mean, no one would want to serve on the Discovery. That would be the worst. <laughs> like, well, you, you, when you're here, you're family. Yeah, we have to. Do I have to cry all the time? Sometimes like you want to go for where everybody <laughs> knows your name. So, like, I think the winner of this is going to be the Enterprise under Archer, but like, I can see why someone might not choose it. Yeah. I okay, that. but y- y'all, st- That's y'all still aren't. But but which one are y'all picking? So like, I'm the listeners the need to know. I'm picking the La Serena, so I can go be a space pirate. All right. If I need to. You I mean, have you, read, have you read the Have you read the the Rios book yet? I have, no. um, and oh, okay. yeah, David and I are going to be doing a little discussion on it here pretty quick. Uh, fingers crossed. So, um, okay. Yeah, have you read it? I have not. I saw it at the bookstore the other day, and I was going to pick it up, and then I was like, twenty dollars. Oh, <laughs> 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 it was a little expensive. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for me, it would definitely be um, the uh, NX-01 Enterprise um, of these four. And uh, so so I'm going to go in reverse order. from I'm going to go lowest to highest, okay? 
So in fourth place, with 0%, is the La Serena with Rios. Wow. 0%, okay. That's right, that's right. Okay, here we go. Third place. Nobody wants to be a space pirate, I guess. No, 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 no. All right, in third place, here we go, you ready? With 14%. It's the discovery, regardless of the captain. All right, all right. Okay. By saying the next one, um, you're gonna obviously know who who came in first place. Um, so, uh, the, it, it was, believe it or not, it was kind of close, kind of, kind of close. Thirty-eight percent of the vote for se- in second place was the Cerritos with Captain Freeman, which means that with forty-eight percent of the vote. It was uh, the Enterprise with Archer. I mean, that's almost half. So, like, that's pretty overwhelming. Yeah. For a while, I mean, I was watching, like, some of the stuff, like, in real time when it was happening. And, like, at one point, like, for a very long time, like, I had this poll up for, I think, like, three or four days. And for, I, I want to say, like, two and a half of those three or four days, it was, like, stuck at, like, 85%, 84% with Archer. And then, like, it just started, like, coming down, like, a little bit like, by a little bit. I think um, at one point I saw it stuck at, like, 61% with Archer for a while. And um, then people started voting. I saw, I saw the, the Cerritos ticking up more and more. And so, anyway. So, yeah, there we go, gang. That's, that's what's happening um, on the Twitter poll. Um, yay. Um, just a couple comments from it. Um, we have um, Jeff um, Akin. I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name, bro. Um, he he replied to the poll. He said, Janeway is the answer to this whole thing, period. But for this round, well, we, Disco's we Pike. Did that poll. Yeah, yeah, we, we did. We did that poll last week. <laughs> yeah, we did. It's okay. Rios is uh, more a person with a ship than a captain, while Freeman has a lot of her own stuff to work through. Archer, though, is a no from me. Unless you're in his circle, you're out. Um, let's what? see, we got um, who we got. Uh, we have Eric McChesney, which is at Eric McChesney. He said, I would most definitely serve on the NX01 with Captain Archer, exploring the galaxy for the first time. Um, I would also serve on Voyager with Janeway, great captain, once again exploring an unknown galaxy. So, yeah, spirit of exploration. There we go. And uh, then we had. <laughs> Uh, we had someone else, um, uh, Staff Sergeant Grumpy Mary something, at Mary underscore Grumpy, uh, wrote, um, hashtag Star Trek Voyager, I travel anywhere, anytime with Captain Janeway. So a lot of love for Janeway, apparently, on these polls. That was the poll last week. <laughs> I know it was. I know. Pe- pe- right. People don't, they, they don't like the choices when they don't have all the choices, apparently. <laughs> you know, I don't create the Twitter I am bound by its rules, like everyone else. If it only lets me no. put four choices, I can only put four choices, people. I mean, a, a, but as I said last week, as much as I love Voyager the show and Captain Janeway, that is dead last in my list of ships I would want to serve on because you are far from home and you are stuck on that ship with the same people for the rest of your life. <laughs> and for an introvert like me, that sounds like a nightmare. That's a nose goes for you, bro. <laughs> like, nope. Nope. 
I, I, I want to put. Um, I'm going to ask David this real quick. We, we, I mean, we talked about it, um, our choices last week, but it was the same question, David. If you had to serve on one Star Trek ship, which captain would it be under? And the choices were uh, Kirk's Enterprise, Picard's Enterprise, the Voyager with Janeway, or the Defiant with Cisco. Well, f- f- yes, I did see that poll. Uh, the Defiant doesn't make any sense because it would be DS9, not the Defiant. I wouldn't want to serve aboard the Defiant. It's a little tiny ship. It's small. It's a little tiny guy. It's like an, it's, 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 little. it's no bigger than the runabouts. Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. But I mean, if, if, if you said, hey, uh, DS9, well, that's a different story. But anyway, no, I mean, it's it, it, that, one's, that one's an obvious Picard's Enterprise for me. I mean, Kirk's okay. would be cool, too, if I want to, you know, be back in the 60s. But it, no, <laughs> it, it's definitely Picard's Enterprise, 100%. Fair enough. Okay, cool. All right, everyone. Well, we're going to have another uh, poll up here pretty soon. So by the time you're listening to this episode, just uh, make sure you check out our Twitter, at TRTVPod, and make sure you vote. And uh, we will cover it again um, during our next episode, what the results were. And um, like I said, we have we have a couple things uh, coming down the pike. Uh, David and I, we're going to be doing some uh, book reviews here in the near future. So um, I know I do know uh, from conversations I've had that there are people that specifically tune in because of the book reviews. Like they they're like eating that crap up for some reason. Um, so I'm glad that we get to to talk about like Star Trek literature, the periphery of that and stuff. Um, it's really cool. So I'm looking forward to getting back into those conversations as well, instead of just, you know, like the TV shows. Um, and we also have like some episode discussions coming up here in the near future too. Uh, you know, here we are, we're starting our third year of, of, um, this podcast and uh, we have a lot more in store. So if you haven't listened to the anniversary episode, it's the one just before this. So go give it a listen. And um, you'll hear kind of um, us reminisce and talking about what we have in store for the future of this show, um, at least this next year-ish of the show. So um, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for uh, thank you for being a friend. No, no Golden Girls. Okay. Well, anyways, thank you guys for for joining me for another discussion. We have um, we have Star Trek Prodigy that starts um, here in uh, just a little over a week from the time that you're you're hearing this episode. Uh, so we'll be taking a week off, um, at least from um, episode discussions, and um, who knows, you might hear some cadets um, giving their their uh, review of the of Prodigy from time to time. So that's all I got. Um, as we leave here today, I'm just kidding. I got to do the other thing too. Um, if you want to let us know what you thought of the episode, the season finale, the season as a whole, we'd love to hear from you. Check us out at trtvpod.com um, under the. Um, 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 hailing frequencies portion of our page uh, fill in that text box and get us a message so we know what the heck you're thinking what you thought of it and just ideas in general for the show opinions whatever uh, you can also send us an email directly to uh, trtvpod at gmail.com you can also send us a voice only transmission to 817-752-4757 remember there's a three minute time limit and uh, your comments may be used on a future episode so be quick otherwise the warp core is going to go explode and it's going to get really messy Jello's going to get everywhere, and Eric's going to be very happy that he's going to be spilling his pudding all over his uniform. Um, other than that, if you want to mail us something, like some hull plating that you just found floating in space, you can do that. Make sure it gets to Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas, 76098. Everyone, as we leave here today, may you always remember to boldly go and make it so. Make it so.